Well, hey there, everybody. It has been too long since I have made an entry into this podcast, and I have really been thinking a lot about it for many weeks, about coming back and, and making an episode. And it's, it's funny, there's, there's a couple of things I want to talk about, uh, about human emotions or just my emotions, because uh, I only know my emotions, really. So, but I'm wondering if anybody else feels the same way. And I was pretty convinced, I am pretty convinced that I'm not the only one who uh, has gone through some of the, you know, things emotionally uh, that I have. And it it has not been easy. Uh, This quarantine, I want to say it's been 10 weeks. I want to say... It's been that long. I mean, I'm guessing since around March 17th, that's when, that's when I, in my head, I think that's the shutdown date. I know that's definitely the week that we were told that our kids couldn't go back to school um, for that week. And then it was the following week where they said that um, it was going to be uh, closed uh, definitely uh, until after our spring break. We have year-round school where we are. Uh, so anyway, I just wanted to come on here and I guess spill my guts about what I've gone through because I think that it's important to always share what uh, a person goes through. That's the whole reason, as you know, why I started my podcast, You're Not the Only One, because I've always seen that when people share even the worst parts of themselves, it makes other people feel better. Um, and of course, this is not, I, you know, I, I never want to slam myself, but I find that when I, you know, <laughs> talk about the difficulties I've been through, it kind of like is very, you know, uh, cathartic for me. So, you know, in the beginning... I made a couple of episodes and I was very, very positive, very, very um, confident and trusting and having a full belief um, that God was going to protect me and my family and my husband and my, you know, extended family and friends. I prayed over my entire neighborhood as well, that none of us would be touched by this um, virus and that it would just literally pass over us. Um, as if to to say in the same way how um, Passover worked in the Bible, you know, with God telling the Israelites to uh, sacrifice their best lamb and um, take the blood and use it and paint a paint it over their their door, uh, and then the angel of death would pass over them, and in fact that is what happened. Uh, of course, the Egyptians did not know anything about it, Pharaoh, you know, and God told the Israelites and Moses that, you know, all the firstborns would be would be killed that night if they didn't have uh, the blood of the sacrificed lamb over their door. And so, of course, we know from the Bible what happened. All the firstborns died. I think it was mostly, if not all, of the Egyptians, including Pharaoh's son. So, um, I, so I, you know, in that whole thing, I was just very positive, you know, 
reading the word of God every night and, and reading it to my children and just staying diligent in that and having my faith in that. And, and I still do because now what are we about to possibly have a second wave of this virus? And that is, you know, unfortunate, but again, I'm just going to do repeat the same thing that I did before. I didn't, I never really, I didn't have fear the first time. I was concerned, uh, but mostly curious about what this thing was about. Well, since making those episodes, um, I had a lot of stuff happen in my life. I, um, my biological father died uh, from complications, actually, of the coronavirus. Um, He did test positive and uh and was taken to a hospital and immediately put on a ventilator and it was actually the ventilator that caused him to get um uh, kidney i guess i don't know it does something to your kidneys is what i'm told and so he had to be put on dialysis and uh and and so ultimately in a roundabout way, that's what ended up killing him. And now, of course, we're finding out in the news that it's the ventilators moving too quickly to the ventilator is actually a bad choice. And and that actually can, can make things worse for patients. And so that's exactly what happened to him. And it was really unfortunate. And, you know, there's a whole other story wrapped around that one um, that I'm not really going to share at this time, but that was an, that was an interesting, uh, moment in my life. Um, I'm not close to my, my biological father. So, uh, but I felt very interesting emotions surrounding it. You know, I wasn't raised by him. Uh, I barely knew him, um, in my life. So, but I, of course, when he left the earth, it, it, it sort of made me think, well, I want to honor him because he did, he was part of who gave me life. So, um, going through that was, was interesting. And then seeing my, my, um, my other siblings reactions to it as well was very interesting too. So, it's amazing what a crisis will make a person go through. And, and it's even more interesting when it's a worldwide crisis. So it's not just me and, and me and my family going through something hard. It's the whole world. And so since being so positive in the first, I'd say, three weeks, I started to sort of, things started to sink in. And that's what I wanted to, to begin to talk about today. If everyone else went through very similar things as myself. Um, I did always maintain a, a, an attitude of, you know, this isn't going to touch us. We're going to be fine. I, in fact, I was kind of quite indignant about wearing a mask. Um, my husband does all the grocery shopping and God bless him for it. And it's just a better deal for us. Uh, he can get in and out of the grocery store, you know, 
in like 30 minutes, whereas it takes me three times as long. And then I end up spending three times as much. So it's not a good thing. Um, but, uh, so anyways, I began to, uh, uh, things began to really sink in for me and everyone else around when the days became monotonous. At first it was fine. Um, because our kids were in, our our kids are elementary age and preschool age. So they did distance learning and everybody knows what distance learning is now. It's like a hashtag. (laughs) So, um, they were doing that and I'll be honest, you know, at first I was like, you know, I, I want to, I'll possibly homeschool. Well, that's not going to happen. Uh, not after this, but then again, the, there, this is unprecedented, right? So regular homeschool wouldn't be like this anyway. We'd get to go places. We would interact with other kids. We would probably have a sports team, you know, or, you know, what we do now, which is we just sign up for club teams. And, um, but there would just be more to do. We'd be able to interact and, um, go places, go to museums, do things like that. And so none of that was available, obviously. And so we were all held up in our homes as, as if to be on house arrest, which really was without the ankle bracelet. And, you know, it felt very claustrophobic. It felt very, um, prison like, um, and I do well as a homebody. My husband does not. I was very impressed to see how well he actually did. We actually didn't start breaking down emotionally until the last, I'd say, two to three weeks. And I think that's pretty good. We got through the the distance learning. Um, We figured out our routine. We figured out, you know, who, who should take what kid because personalities go better with other personalities. Um, and we just, we did our best, which I think everybody in the world was doing, you know, I, I'm really a fan of Jim Gaffigan. Um, he's a really funny comedian. And so I would watch, um, dinner with the Gaffigans. I guess it was something he started, you know, three or four weeks ago. And it's just funny, you know, just him and his wife and their five children in their two bedroom um, apartment in New York City. Now, granted, when he would talk about this apartment on stand-up, I was picturing like a shoebox because that's what most uh, um, New Yorkers talk about living in, that they live in these million-dollar uh, shoe-size uh, or shoebox-size apartments. No, when, he, when, when you finally saw his uh, apartment... Um, or shall I say a pied a terre? <laughs> um, I was like, okay, there's plenty of room and space to spread out in this so-called two-bedroom apartment in New York City um, that he would describe on his on his comedy routines. Um, now, I mean, two bedrooms. I don't know how they do it unless they have beds coming out of the walls or something like pull downs or something, but. I mean, the ceilings have got to be 15 feet tall. I mean, so I don't know why, but for me, 
that just makes me feel like I'm easier. I could easy, easily breathe. I don't know how many square feet it is, but they seem to spread out well. He showed all their kids, you know, distance learning in different corners of the of the apartment and they seem to be doing just fine and anyways it was funny they would sit around at dinner and eat their food and talk about their day and how they're doing which I thought was brilliant um but that was always helpful because I thought you know they're going crazy too they're locking up the iPads and the cell phones as well because you know the kids are literally getting their brains fried by watching so much uh iPad and or just screen time and but it's like at the end of the day what are you gonna do what are you gonna do um we've we were always trying to keep our kids in line when it came to distance learning I mean not distance learning with the iPad because they're already on the iPad they're already on electronics with the distance learning so it's like it's even more screen time when they're playing the video games and watching TV so Um, this is just a funny side note that I noticed and it really actually helped me. I don't know if anybody has ever seen the movie Grown Ups with Adam Sandler, but that's something that just came across on Amazon, um, Prime, uh, recently. I think it was, I think it's Amazon. I want to say that it is. I don't think it's Netflix, but anyway, it just came on. And so I, I just, I watched it and actually I got something really powerful out of it and it really helped me. Um, Adam Sandler plays a really wealthy, uh, like Hollywood, uh, I, I don't know if it's, he's a Hollywood agent or something, something to do with that. Right. So he's very wealthy. He's got two boys and he's married to Salma Hayek in the movie. Okay. Well, he's a very down to earth guy. He gets together with his, um, you know, junior high aged like best friends that they haven't seen each other in years his boys are completely obnoxious okay they're so spoiled they're so hollywood they're so california okay and they're like preteens both the boys this is probably like Eh, they're probably like 11 and 13, let's just say, okay? And they literally have a nanny who they text while they're playing video games on the couch um, and are like, Martha, we need, whatever her name is, I'll just call her Martha, we need, I need you to bring me a soda right now. And Adam Sandler just sat down to like talk to his kids while they're playing these video games and he watches this all unfold and It just shows you the entitlement, right? And it's so obnoxious. So fast forward in the movie and, um, and now the kids are at this, you know, like beautiful palatial, just, you know, the most idyllic place you could think of to go, um, not on a camping trip, but it's like they had like a house there that they had rented and all the friends got together, all his friends. They all came and I guess Adam Adam Sandler hosted it and they were all staying together in this really large cabin. Um, But, you know, Adam Sandler's kids are still acting completely obnoxious and they don't know what to do with themselves. And this is the part that was powerful for me to watch. They didn't know what to do with themselves. They were so accustomed to instant gratification, right? Of like 
the video games, the TV, the constant screens, and just the constant instant gratification in our society, right? That when they went out into nature, where there are no TVs, there's no TV at this um, <laughs> at this place, right? Um, at this large cabin that they rented. And, and so the kids were bored. They didn't know what to do. So like his Adam Sandler's character tells his kid to pick up a rock and like throw it into the lake so they can skip rocks. The kid didn't know what to do. He's like, I don't know what to do. And he just dropped the rock. He like didn't know what to do. And so what showed me what was the powerful message in that is like, oh my gosh, like the kids can get, and I've seen this happen to my kids. And I think that's why it really touched me is that when you actually do unplug your kids from the matrix, so to speak, long enough. And I, I'm going to tell you, it's going to take like 10 days, seven to 10 days for their attitudes to come down for, you know, the obnoxious level of that, for the whininess, for the, oh, I want to watch the iPad, the addiction really for all of that to sort of like wind down, come down, sort of like deflate within them. They actually like come alive again. Like my son, I remember, um, I grounded him from the iPad for like, you know, a month one time. And by week two, he was like, mom, it is so nice not to have the iPad. I was so shocked that he came to me and said this to me. And he's like, mom, I really love being outside and riding my bike and like being in nature and going on, you know, explorative walks and just like, you know, exploring around our neighborhood. And it's really fun. And I was really surprised. I was like, oh my gosh. And I mean, believe me, part of me was like, oh, I just want to continue this forever. But, you know, and I believe that I could have, but then, you know, you need to have breaks, right, from your kids. And sometimes because everybody else has their kids on iPads, they're all inside. They're not outside playing all the time. And then your kids are driving you crazy. So what do you do after they play outside for a few hours and do this, that, and the other? I put my kids, you know, I let them watch a couple of, you know, shows on on the on the iPad or they play a couple of video games. So, you know, I have that constant back and forth guilt. But it was really amazing to actually see it done in in a movie. It was it was art imitating life and life imitating art. And I was like, wow, there is actually some truth to this. And it's known. It's like a known fact, you know, obviously they wouldn't put in movies. And so try to unplug your kids as much as you can. I know people are really trying hard to work on it. And it's really difficult during this this ugh, social distancing. Sorry, I almost just wanted to curse right there. Just social distancing it's so getting to me. Um, I'm so over it. I'm so over it. So, um, part of this, uh, episode that I recorded, I recorded on June 17th and that was like a little, a little less than a week before we left for Cabo. And so I'm just going to, um, really quick, um, tell everybody about it. And then I've got some announcements that I'm going to announce. Um, I went to Cabo. We just got back yesterday. It was amazing. Mexico um, have done everything with compliance. I mean, they pretty much are operating the same way 
that the rest of the world is. They're complying in, in some ways going above and beyond, especially at the timeshare um, where we have, my parents have their timeshare. And we've been going down to this place for um, since 2002. And it's awesome. And I'm so glad that we went. Um, I think I was expressing that earlier uh, in this episode that we had finally decided to go Um, we needed to go and it was so good when we got down there having margaritas we didn't have to wear masks at the resort we didn't have to wear masks at the at the beach I mean there were some people there like the locals that would wear masks as they walked up and down the beach but it was very very few people and it was just the people the staff at our resort that wore them at all times Um, but I had conversations with some of the people there, especially like one guy who, um, moved, he's American and he moved down to Mexico many years ago, probably like 20 years ago, um, to work for the resort. And he's one of like the main like managers of this resort and he didn't wear a mask and he's just like, I'm so fed up with it. And I'm so glad that I don't live in America any longer. The narratives that come out of the political parties is just ridiculous. And especially on one side and, you know, I'm just getting really tired of liberals calling conservative Christians or they call us evangelicals, which I think is ridiculous. I know Trump calls us that too, but I'm so over it. Like you're trying to continue to ruin our economy. It's not Trump. It's the fact that states have their own jurisdiction. They have their own laws and their own rights. And because of that, these freaks that are so drunk on power uh, have to have the power so they try to control their states with their own uh convictions their own sort of ideologies and things like that and so they can control people and of course i know that they're part of the whole liberal the liberal narrative um it's so obvious um so on the day like two days before we left i put out a post on this private facebook page that um And also posted a picture of my entire family. I think there was like 26 of us. And we were all standing, you know, just, you know, posing for the picture before we sat down to have our dinner. And of course, none of us had masks on because we weren't required to. Once we got home or got back from or once we were dropped off from the airport and out of the taxi um, and temperature checked, we no longer were required. They never said to us, um you have to wear a mask for the, for the entire, and I really didn't know. And I, I honestly didn't even want to go because we, you know, it was always just like week by week that we were checking in, like, what's it like down there? Are restaurants open? Like, what's the sort of, everyone's kind of checking in with each other. Like, what's it like? Because I didn't want to go if we were just going to be so restricted and I was going to have to like, I didn't want to feel like I was in California, to be honest. I, I mean, we're one of the most liberal most restrained states in the union right now. And it is just sickening to me. Um, I don't even want to go out of my house because I don't want to go to the store and I want to be wearing freaking masks. Now I have to go every now and again. 
to do things, doctor appointments and things like that. And I'm not just so on a side note for some of you, I'm not doing this out of like, I don't have this attitude out of sheer rebellion. Like I don't care about people's lives. I think that it has lost, it has now lost its sort of, um, power with me. You know, I was all about it the first month, you know, back in, in March, mid-March when we were first told to shelter in our houses and quarantine the whole thing because it could save lives. I was all about it from March to April, even into May. Okay. But May was when I started to get pissed off. Um, but still wore my mask. I was still obviously respectful, but now I'm like, you have changed the narrative so many flipping times. And I feel like we're being lied to. I feel like we're being manipulated. And I feel like it's a one-sided political party that's actually doing it because they want to control people at the ballot box. That is the only reason why I believe this entire thing happened. And of course, I have facts and statistics and real hard, hard, cold facts to back all of this up. But I'm not a person that really knows how to regurgitate uh, the things that I read. But I actually do not listen to the news at all. I have subscribed to a a newspaper called the Epoch Times. I would highly recommend it to any of you who do not want to be influenced um, by parties. But you just want to hear what's really happening. Okay? The Epoch Times is excellent. Okay, they just deliver the truth. Um, And they've been around for like 20 or 25 years, something like that. And it was like started by a guy who uh, came out of China, actually, and knows what it's like to be um, controlled by a communist state, a communist party. Um, So anyways, back to my story. Um, I posted this picture of my family and the, our family and friends and everybody that was with us. It was probably between 24 and 26 of us. And yes, none of us were wearing uh, masks because we weren't required to. Um, and we were out on the beach having dinner on the beach. And so I posted this picture saying, hey, does anybody have an extra room? We want to try and stay another week. I don't want to go back to reality. And at first there was a couple of people that just wrote, you know, Hey, I've got a place or so-and-so has a place, check it out. And then the comments began, where are the masks? You guys are the reason why this, this pandemic is, is going crazy and spiking and all kinds of stuff. Um, that's not true. Number one, that's a lie. There's nothing spiking. There's no deaths. The death toll has gone down. Maybe I guess if you believe the, if that if you believe the narrative that the the rates have gone up, I just don't believe it. I'm sorry. I turned my ear off back when those two doctors came out and said that, or a few doctors came out saying that um, that uh, what do you call it? That people were getting kickbacks, getting paid to say, to write down that the patients coming in had COVID and that they would get even more money if they were put on ventilators. And it's just, I'm sorry, but at that point, I can no longer be down with it. Um, I will comply when I have to go to a grocery store. I'll wear a mask because I'm not a person that's going to 
make a scene over the fact that I need to go get some scrambled eggs or eggs or whatever, go get my coffee. I'll do that. But I will, I'll be darned before I stop speaking up about the truth of what's going on. And it is simple, people. It is simple as this. The Democratic Party wants to control the way people vote. They've always wanted to control it. They tried to control it during Trump's election um, with manipulating the votes, right? Putting dead people's names in ballot boxes, people that didn't even exist, letting illegals vote. It's all true. It's all documented, okay? The other thing is that if they can ruin our economy, everything that Donald Trump achieved, it's that's what they've done. They've wiped out the economy and now they want to try and fear monger, continue the fear mongering, which saying that things are spiking again, which is complete BS. Okay. I don't believe it for a second and neither should you. And yes, I'm going to, uh, say it like that. Okay. Just really be careful about what you believe. Don't just believe what I'm saying. Don't just believe what CNN or Fox news or any of this other crap is saying. Go and find out for yourself. Don't even believe the CDC because they're the worst. Look at who? Look at the WHO. I mean, they fully lied in the beginning for a while. I mean, I'm sorry. Once a liar, always a liar. I cannot trust you. Um, And we are the people. We are the people. We are the one to elect people. And we also are the people that take people out of office. We need to wake up to our power, not be following these people that are drunk on power. So anyways, I got all kinds of backlash. I got all kinds of, you guys are selfish. You're the ones that are bringing this. You're going to bring this back to America. And, you know, you're the reason that that's spiking. And there are people that had, had come and gone to the resort before that did the same thing. They commented and said, look, we, we were there a week before and we're home now. We've been home now two weeks or whatever. And I don't have coronavirus and we didn't wear masks. It was the same deal. Get massages. You drink your margaritas. You're out on the beach. You're at the pool. You're, you're hanging out with everybody in the pool. I mean, every, all of it, it's all the same. It's a big bunch of hogwash what people are saying in the news. It is all politically, it's all politically infused by the left. It is the left. It is the extreme left. It's them. It's the Nancy Pelosi. It's the Obama. It's the deep state. It's all of that crap. Okay? Again, Go look up Epoch Times. You will be thanking me later that you um, were introduced to that if you've never heard of it before. So please do that. Um, I'm going to go now because I'm going to eat my yummy, yummy dinner. And um, God bless you guys. And please leave a comment. I Oh, here is the announcement. I have a song coming out, I Cannot Be Silent, coming out July 17th, 2020. And, um, yes, that it's, I cannot be silent. It's all about, it was so written in the right time and I'm putting it out the right time. I'm so excited. Put it down, please. And 
Um, it's all about people that are silenced. It's, it's to fight for, it's encouraging people to stand up for what they believe in, to not be silenced by fear mongering by people saying, Oh, well, if you're this, then you're a bigot. If you're this, then you're a racist. If you're this, I am sick of it. You cannot define me. I am a Christ follower, conservative Christian who loves people and loves God and loves this country. And I love and pray for my, my president. And guess what? I don't care if you don't like President Trump. I don't care if you're a Christian listening to this right now and you don't like President Trump. My sister doesn't like President Trump. But what's her reason? She's still stuck on the, on the I won't say the word, but the, the grabbing of the genital area about him. You know what I say to that? Who gives a rip? That's not the kind of stuff that's going to get stuff done for our country. Donald Trump has gotten more done than any president in the last 50 years in this country. Okay? People need to stop just blindly listening to the news and just stopping there. That's what people who watch CNN do. Okay? It's ridiculous. Think for yourself. I haven't listened to the news for two years, okay? Because it was just all the same talking heads, just blah, blah, blah. I don't care if it's conservative or not. It's like the same stuff, just regurgitated over and over. It just got annoying. Please think for yourself and know that there's a lot of stuff coming to pass right now for um, just biblically prophecies, just things that are just happening. It's, it's wild. It's crazy. It's in an unprecedented time to be alive. It's pretty insane that I'm living in this time. It's amazing. And I thank God that, um, that I started this podcast because I, man, do I need an outlet? I need an outlet like nobody's business. Um, and so I want to hear from people. Okay. I really want to hear from people. Um, I need to know if I am impacting anybody, okay? Good or bad. If you don't like me, say you don't like me. I don't care. I need to know. I need to have some feedback. And if there's something broken about my feedback thing, like, you know, you can't leave your message or whatever, please say that. Like, I need to know. I want to hear from people. Um, plus the other announcement besides my song coming out, you can, you can go right now and it's on pre-sale um, on Apple iTunes and Google play right now. It's available. You can't hear the full song until, um, July 17, but please go and, you know, support a conservative, um, uh, Christian American from Calif- uh, from California. Please go do that. Okay. Very important. I'm trying to get my voice out there. I'm trying to stand up for, um, in a place where a lot of people are afraid to stand up. Okay. They don't want to speak out. Well, I'm willing to speak out. And yes, I've had fear. I've talked about that in the past, in past episodes. The other thing I wanted to announce is that I am moving my podcast to YouTube. I'm going to make it on video because that's a way for my, my, um, cause to get more viral. YouTube just happens to have better algorithms than than a podcast. And so people just go on YouTube more, you know? And so I've just been learning. I've been doing a lot of stuff over this quarantine, taking like little courses to find out how to, uh, actually, um, make things go viral and try to just get, um, 
I don't know. You, you know what I mean? I don't know how to say it, but like just get, get my channel more noticed and things like that. Um, because people want to hear this. They do. They want to hear it. They want people to speak up for the truth. Um, and it's scary to speak the truth. It just is. But somebody asked you and I feel like it's, it's what God put in me to do. And that's what I'm doing. So please support me. Um, please spread the word about my song. Um, whether you like it or not, the song has a message and it's a message, um, that could really touch a lot of people's lives and really make them feel like they're seen. Okay. So God bless you guys. Take care. And I'll talk to you next time.